I need a Halloween costume, and I, I, I want it to be a video game costume, and I want it to be sexy. That's all okay. I know. So I need, I need help from each of you to give me one Halloween costume that is a character, that is a new surprise. It can't be sexy before that I can look good in, and I need your help. Okay, can Let we pause? You, you've come to the right place, Chris Plant. Well, and yeah. this is not the first time he's mentioned Halloween costumes because he did bring it up on Rusty's, and last time we spoke about it, he was going to do a garbage bag Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, now, but that, we, we, that's not sexy. I talked to my wife, sexy. and she's like, that's not sexy. And I said, are you sure? And then I turned around and showed her what I looked like in a garbage bag, and she said, <laughs> close, but try again. Close, mm-hmm. but no cigar. Let me hit you with this, Plant. Let me know mm-hmm. how this hits you. Manjo Kazooie. Ooh. <laughs> 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 I, I, I just had a hot flash. <laughs> just get, so it's a big beefy man with a bird in a backpack. Is that and he's a bear, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah, just a big, strong, hairy man with a bird in a backpack, and his name's Manjo Kazooie. Suit, sure. He hates witches. That's the thing. That's going to be a problem for you if you're out there trick or treat and you see witches. You're going to have to fight them, which yeah. is not good. Which is not good. And he well, likes he likes he, like, he he likes witch doctors. He hates traditional. He right. Yeah, it's okay. a bit of a double standard. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. But um, I think you okay, okay. That, I'm, I, that it's at the top of my list because the list is one. Um, okay, how about this? Can, mm-hmm. Let me give you this. Womb Raider, and you're just a big next, beefy guy. No, 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 no. Not so shy guy. <laughs> oh, so you've got the mask. So you're a little shy, but down below, not a mucho. Okay. <laughs> what? What's that mean? I'm sorry. What? what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you're shy guy, but naked from the neck down. Okay, so that's that's not a, that's so not gonna guy. feel good. Okay. It's not going to feel good, but mask. sexy. Maybe a tasteful mask. <laughs> so I was I was just going to dress up as Pikachu, but in a Borat thong. Now we're no. cooking with gas. Does that now seem we're like... Good. <laughs> My eyes! Because <laughs> I'm looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> Chikachu? No. That's nothing. Please start the show. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. It's, I mean, Griffin McElroy, I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best Mario of the week. My name is Ross Rush, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is, friends, it's a video game club, and just by listening, you have become one of our illustrious members. Welcome. This week, we're going to be talking about Super Mario Wonder, and I wonder what that is, Plant. Super Mario Wonder is the latest in the Mario franchise that you've heard of it. That lovable Italian plumber is back. But this time, it's a little something new. We haven't seen fresh new Mario ideas like this since, let me check my calendar, 1990? What? Wow. That's That's huge. Uh, We're going to talk about that and so much more right after this brief commercial message. 
You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Let me start by saying I'm not the only one who says Mario. There's like whole regions of the world like Canada and England that say it that way as well yeah. as the Northeast. So if you hear it and you cringe, just know Will that- Will you try saying it the other way just to see- Sure. Mario. No, you did no, it the same way. Try it saying the it the, with, a, with a sort of a long A or a short A. Mar- I was confused. Mario. Ah. Can you say the it? word off? Say off. Off. Okay, now take that aw sound and put it in ma- Mario. He's never going to change. Ma- Damn it, at this point, I wouldn't want to. Well, you to. almost did it. Okay, my nose is bleeding right now. What do I do? Okay, okay cool. Uh, <laughs> listen, in the movie, they say Mario, so you're wrong. Yeah, it's the movie. It's settled law, okay? People said his name and it's Mario, and you're wrong. We but that's know not the he's point. wrong, but it's like a regional thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't like be regionally wrong. If I went to Arkansas and they're like, hey, Justo, like, I'd be like, no, incorrect. It's Justin, thank you. I'm sorry about your regional. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to call you Justo from now on. That's Justo's good. really good. This game's pretty fucking fun, y'all. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know what? It's interesting, uh-huh. this Super Mario Wonder, because <laughs> on the surface, when you start playing it, and I think this is actually pretty brave in Nintendo. You don't immediately see a big new gimmick or gag. You know what I mean? You start right. playing as like, oh, kind of like a Mario. It's and just then, like Mario. Kinda. It's just like a Mario game. I get it. Cool. I like these. And uh, the interesting thing about Wonder, and I think it's it's aptly aptly named, is that it very quickly starts uh, using your understanding of Mario games as a vocabulary that it then like wants you to use to understand this whole game in a different way, or or it takes your ideas of what Mario and how Mario plays, and it knows you knows them, <laughs> knows you know them, <laughs> and then subverts those expectations in some really, really, really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, I, I was sort of disappointed at first because mm. it didn't, my favorite Mario game is Odyssey. I have a, I don't think that a 2D Mario game in my mind really holds a candle to some of the If I were to list my top 5 Mario games, they most of them would be 3D, right? Right. Uh no because way. I like 
Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I guess I, with the galaxies, that's true. Yeah. Galaxies yeah. and and I mean, uh, sunshine 64. needs to be shot into the sun, but otherwise, sunshine's not my favorite, but it's it's got its charms, right? But yeah. there, there's so many. I love the sort of exploration and the mechanical complexity of the 3D games that the 2D ones don't really have outside of like uh you know super mario maker one and two are probably my my faves in that category because they have you know so much going for it with the the user generated content so like you know there's no advanced tech that's going on in uh in the movement in wonder uh and i was disappointed in that at first but pretty much as soon as i picked up my first wonder flower which is hidden in every level and fundamentally changes the laws of reality of the mm. world i was like oh okay I, I i get what this game is putting down now and uh it is it is so fun and hysterically funny and really perfect for uh me and my my six-year-old to play together um we have a i have a real issue playing like platformers multiplayer platformers with my son because I want to get all the collectibles and shit, mm. and he could care less. <laughs> yeah, this game has the boldest advancement in collectible technology, which is that there's a wonder flower hidden on every stage that makes the whole world very, very fun and occasionally hysterically funny to explore. And so we went to great pains to find every single one of those. Uh, which is the just first to give you all an example of one that was fun that I found right before. Um, there was a, a wonder flower that I or. Yes, a wonder flower that I uh, collected that the background that I was jumping in front of was suddenly it was suddenly a top down game. Yes. <laughs> where Mario is like running around in a top down perspective on the wall and like navigating it uh th- think of it like um like when you're climbing on a fence in in world yeah. like that kind of idea but you're you're uh it just swaps out out of nowhere. It's but really But the rest wild. of the world doesn't change. Right. And so you're like avoiding the same enemies that you just snuck past in the in 2D space. Now in this like top down. It's like when Contra does that shit and it goes from being like a side scroller to like a weird top down tank control style thing. For, um, for me, it was the first level has a wonder flower and, and yeah, it gets colorful and zany. And, and I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. But I'm not sure I'm in love. Yeah. But the second level you get a wonder flower and it turns the stage into a musical with all of the piranha plants singing yes. and so marching. Good. And if you decide, you know what, I'm going to still kill these piranha plants. You just take the voices out of the number. It responds yeah. to, to that. Like that was the moment for me where I was like, if they can maintain this and they do repeat some ideas throughout it, but it's impressive how often the Wonder Flower is a, an original idea unique to that level. That they don't come back to. Like, yeah, one-off yeah. like one weird things. There's one where I was in a cave level, and you pick up the Wonder Flower. It shifts the lighting so that the, the foreground is in silhouette, and it stretches your body out so that you're, like, 10 feet tall and very, very skinny and very, very upsetting to to see. And then when you uh, press the crouch button, you shrink it back down to regular size. And so now you have to go through this very tight cave as a 10-foot-tall string bean person, and then that mechanic never comes back. That's it. They there just is another. One. I have played another string. Oh, bean. okay. Well, there, there it's usually like one or two times you'll see the same idea throughout the entire game. It's definitely not frequent. It's so. It's just really. Sometimes it's the the hoppos. There's a new enemy in the game called a hoppo. That's just a little hippo. That's a ball, and you can bounce off of it, and it, he'll get stuck in pits. 
Uh, and so you can like avoid dangers that way. And the wonder flower for the first hoppo level is it just throws dozens of them <laughs> of various sizes that bounce your ass all around the level as you desperately try and scramble to this uh, to the wonder seed, which is like the collectible that you have to get to progress through the game uh, before time runs out. Literally, I don't know that I've ever seen Henry laugh so hard at a video game before. It is just like pure slapstick chaos. It does seem like because you know you were talking about the three D games, two D games difference, and it does seem like by it being 2D and like more bite-sized and focused, it allows them to be way more experimental. Whereas I think the 3D games have amazing levels and amazing moments, but they can't take as sharp of a turn because of the nature of like moving through a 3D space. Whereas this, like fucking, you have no idea what's gonna happen when you grab that flower. Exactly, yeah. It reminds me of, and I probably return to this comparison too often, but it kind of reminds me of The Witness in that it takes this very simple idea, right, of Mario running left to right and jumping on stuff. And then it, like, turns it and twists it and and rethinks it in as many different permutations as, as you can come up with. Yeah. Um, there's also, I mean, I would say the biggest sort of mechanical... Uh, innovation of this game, aside from the Wonder Flowers, is uh, you can equip badges. Oh, uh, yeah. And you will unlock these as you go uh, along the game, and uh, you can only have one equipped at a time, and sometimes, like, levels will lock you into a certain badge if they are built around it, but the badges, like, do a lot of wild stuff. Like, the first one that you get allows you to uh, deploy a, like, hat hang glider, that all of a sudden now you can like, you know, add a lot more horizontal momentum to your jumps because you can just sort of slow your slow your fall down. Yeah, I was kind uh, of amazed that like I played as Princess Peach. You can play as like a ton of different characters. And I played as Princess Peach and she didn't have her float, her classic. Oh, my God. Peach floats. That's just what she does. Right, yeah. But they they moved all of those features, those character specific features over to badges. So you can get Luigi's like floating jump. That he had yeah. in whatever game. I think it's Super Mario Brothers 2. And, and the yeah. like uh, duck down to charge up like a super jump. Yeah. That, that is also a badge. But then there's like things that transform the level. Like so there's a badge that adds a bunch more exclamation point blocks that you can use for pickups and to like uh, make certain gaps a bit easier to cross. Or there's one that we use a lot that uh, if you fall in a pit, it lets you bounce out of it once. Yeah. Uh, which is invaluable for for some of the levels. But I was really, really impressed. You know, these games are so fine-tuned. I was really impressed that they were able to sort of incorporate this thing where based on which thing you have equipped, like your character's ability to traverse the level is going to change dramatically and didn't make it like so wildly unbalanced that there was like one clear front runner every time or like... Uh, you know, you could you could go through a level with the wrong badge equipped and still complete it, yeah. which yeah. is uh, sort of a design marvel, I think. Did anyone play multiplayer? Well, yes. I know you played yes, same system multiplayer. So what, what was the experience like that? Was it like frustrating or was it pretty smooth? I mean, same system multiplayer? Yeah, like, you know, on this on the same screen, because there's online multiplayer as well, which I think is really interesting, but. I did not touch the online. I played, I've only played it multiplayer. I've only played it with Henry and uh, a little bit last night I actually played with Henry and Rachel, which is really good because 
there's not a lot of multiplayer gaming experiences that the three of us can do together. Uh, And Henry also gets very, very impressed with Rachel when she is, uh, shows off her, she, she's very good at Sonic, you know, she's a little bit out of her depth in, in, uh, the, the fields of Mario battle, but, uh, it's pretty incredible watching our son sort of realize he has two incredible gamer parents. Um, (laughs) it's fucking fun, man. It's so, it's so good. It has a, a great balancing me- mechanism where you can play as you know the usual cast, uh, or you can be one of a different array of Yoshi's or Nabbit, the little thief character guy. And if you play as a Yoshi or Nabbit, you're invincible. You can't die unless you fall in a pit. Um, you can get hit by as many enemies as you want, and you'll still be okay. And that is really good. Um, I would say... Uh, the one complaint I have about it is that the the Yoshi and the Nabbit um, they can't be hurt, but they also um, su- suck. I well, mean, they don't stupid. have powers, right? Well, no, but they're just like stupid, and who cares? And my kids don't want to play this. <laughs> wow, they want to be Nabbit. Nabbit seems like offensive, doesn't he? Like Nabbit, I, I don't like think Nabbit. we talk about Nabbit. He's got anymore. a little bag. I, I like Nabbit a lot. Yeah, so he sucks. And the Yoshi's all. I mean, don't get me started. And my children, what they want is two peach that can't be hurt. <laughs> that, that's what they they crave. Two invincible peaches. Two invincible peach. And you cannot have invincible peach. You must mm. be Nabbit or the yeah. terrible Yoshi. There is Daisy as well. How do they feel about Daisy? Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, if Daisy was invincible, they could probably figure it out, but probably not. Actually, they both want to be Peach. Yeah, maybe there should have just been a badge that, like, makes this character invincible so they can play as any character they want. One, yeah, that would make that a would lot be more huge. sense. One thing I did enjoy is uh, Henry felt the same way. He, he played as Yoshi a lot, but you know Yoshi can't turn into a fucking elephant, which is that is yes, really good. True. Uh, and but he you know was having trouble with some of the like platforming, some of the harder platforming stuff. So what you can do is I would play as Yoshi. He uh-huh. would play as one of the characters that could transform, and then if he was like struggling with a certain section, he just jump right on my back. And I could carry him right along like I do for every other thing in his life. Uh, and that <laughs> mm. is also very, very good. Um, the, the game also has the way that it decides who like the camera tracks is pretty brutal. Uh, your character can have a little crown over them, which you can get by landing highest on the flagpole at the end of a level. Or if the previous crown holder dies, the crown will, you know, might go to you. Uh, and we'll follow you along. That is a extremely chaotic element of this game because you know if Papa is the cameraman, we're gonna we're gonna find our way to glory. But if it's following my uh, six year old who does not follow, I would say a a steady path through these trials, uh, it can get it can get a little rambunctious. Um. Yeah, it's it is uh it's great with kids. It it works. How's the online? Did you pl- did you play the online? I did not do the online. I tried the online. How, How did it? that go? Um it's really interesting. It's maybe the best online implementation of a Mario game I've ever seen, which is a pretty low bar cuz online yeah, Mario okay. games tends to be pretty bad. Um, I mean, what else has there been other than Super Mario Maker, which is... There's been a, a number of... Them. Even the 3D... I think some of the 3DS ones had, like, online race modes. Oh, like really? That. Okay. Okay, so the way it works is, as you're exploring the world, there's going to be, like, these little towers that'll be like, you can go online now, and you just turn online on. You don't need to join anyone. It's just, like, you flip, flip the switch. And once you do that, it kind of turns into Dark Souls, because you've got 
these ghosts that you'll see, which are other players that have made their way through levels that you are on, and you'll see them running and jumping, but they are not directly impacting your world. So if they jump on a mushroom or whatever, it's not going to like vanish from your game. They're just sort of following their path. If you die in that mode while online is on, you turn into a ghost that can then fly to any of the other ghosts in the game. You turn into like a spirit, I should say, that can fly to any other ghost in the game and get revived that way. Yeah. So I've done some of the really hard levels. There's some like brutal levels in the special world. And if you do that online, it's actually much easier because you have all these second chances where you're like scrambling to get a revive, but there is a timer on the revive and stuff like that. So that's also drop little, you can drop little standees too. Yeah. And the standees, if, if you see a standee and fly to that, that'll also count as a revive point. So there's all sorts of ways you can help other players either asynchronously, or if you're in a game with friends, you can actually do it like exactly in time with one another. But because they do this ghost thing, and that applies even with friend matches, you don't have to worry about the biggest issue in Mario online games, which was the lag, because any small, minute delay totally fucks with the feel of a Mario game. So here, you don't worry about that at all. You just see their position in the world, but generally speaking, it's not a problem. There are a few maps, you guys have probably done them, where it's like not, there's no enemies. It's just like a big open area. And what you're looking for are five of these like um, medallions to collect so you can find the Wonder Flower. And a lot of those are really tricky because there's like hidden blocks to hit and like you really have to kind of scour the level. If you do that online, it's filled with fucking ghosts running around trying to find shit. And you can use their positioning. Like maybe this ghost is like floating in midair, just like standing on nothing. So you know there's there's an invisible block there. So there's some Mm. really interesting shit in online, and I really hope they do more of this. There are also some... Every level has a difficulty rating, which is cool. And the ones that are like four stars that I encountered, they're fucking hard. They're real tough. (laughs) I mean... They're hard. It's not a joke. And it and actually the fact that they are that so hard is actually kind of nice for me because the the way I normally would go through these is like trying to really clean out a level before I move forward so I don't have to, you know, backtrack. But like there's a lot of levels where it's like unless you're making an afternoon of this, I would just keep moving forward. Like it, this is there was one that was great. It was called Jump Jump Jump. And speaking of like playing your Mario knowledge against you, I ran out as soon as it was the level started because that's what you're supposed to do when it starts. And then there was like a um, uh, a bunch of different colored blocks and it was an outline. The first pl- platform was an outline. And I just ran and jumped at it because I figured like, yeah, it's going to, something will happen. Mario's got it. And I died. And Mario's like, shit, why did you do that? You just, you knew that wasn't going to work. It turns out you got to wait and the music is creating the blocks. So you are mm. like running and jumping along with the blocks in time with the music, which is creating the next block in front of you. So you're having to match like the pace of the music as you're doing the jumps and like stay ahead of it. It's really, really hard. And the, um, and the music in this like game that. is so fucking good. It's that really like good. It's really great. Oh my God. They, they do neat stuff where it's like if you get the elephant power up, which transforms Mario and friends into elephants, the the core instrument and the melody changes to like a deep tuba. There's like all sorts of like little touches like that that make it really one of the most standout like musical Mario games I can remember. 
There's one thing in in Mario games I I wish that they not got rid of, but had a better fix for, and that is running, which oh I, yeah, I, I, you kind of take it for granted having played these for decades. And it's like yes, just hold down run forever, and then use my other fingers to like play the game. Um, but I've noticed watching you know like Mo play it, that is a it's a weird kind of like relic of the past. Like I I wish that there was an option in the game where running was just automatically pressed the whole time. Yeah, there is a toggle for running in this game, but all it does is change which button you have to hold down the whole game. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, recent platformers like a Spelunky have come up with the solve, which is the default becomes run all the time, and when you hold the button down, it becomes a walk. Right. Yeah, yeah. that makes that would make more sense. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, honestly, be honest with yourself, guys. At this point in your life... <laughs> Would if Mario's like, hey, I've changed up all the shit. Like he would probably uh, struggle to it. I think. I mean, I adapted to Splunky, and it's like, like that's. Well, you don't like yourself very much. That's, that's true. Different. That's yeah, true. Well, it's, it's why it should be a toggle, first. right? Because I, yeah. I just mean yeah, yeah, for like yeah. little kids should not be having to learn this weird thing where you have to hold down a button to play a video game. Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking about like what. It's a good point because it is different from Sprint, right? Like. That is supposed to in that that idea of like you need an extra boost to get through this part uh, is 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 different from Mario's idea of like this is how it's supposed to feel and to get it to feel right you have to hold the button. Yeah, I've been thinking about what game to start my child on, like what legit game, and that is actually one of the main reasons why I haven't done like whatever Super Mario World or something like that is because of that, because it really does co- require some coordination, I will probably go with something like Mario 64, which starts with, like, the zero stakes outside of Peach's Castle, and you can jump and you can run, but you don't have to worry about, like, hitting uh, two buttons at the same time. There's a perfect game, and you, you're, you're looking over it. Kirby, my friend. Yeah. Kirby. Kirby. Oh. Yeah, Kirby's a really good one to start with kids. Really? Perfect. Uh, you mean the 3D one, or...? I mean, that was Henry's... For, I mean, Henry was a, a bit older than than your kiddo yeah. uh, was when when Kirby came out, but it is it it has a lot of uh, very forgiving mechanics. Yeah, yeah, I do. That is the oh, a, a sadness with this. I wish anything anytime you're like making uh, a game that like includes kids. I in my experience at least, the idea of levels is like a lot less appealing to kids. Yes. than it is to me. The idea of like. Well, let's move on to the next level, or we're finishing this level, or or whatever. Like they really just want to play, and this is not the game. Like this is uh, more disciplined, I think, than you would see in any of the 3D games, where like running around and exploring is a much bigger facet of it. Mm-hmm. Another would- big issue that I I have that I I think the way the game is laid out is kind of disappointing. Like some just running from world to world to like get to a level you haven't played before is is kind of breaks up the flow. Bigger issue for me is when you're playing with multiple people. When we were playing with three players last night, uh, we were burning through one-ups like nobody's fucking business. Oh. And then if you lose all your one-ups, uh, it takes away some of your like special purple coins that you could spend to buy new badges and, and stuff like that. Uh, and it boots you to like the beginning of the world, which is like not the worst thing. You just have to run back to the level that you were at. But after doing that a few times, uh, it, it it was it was you know 
we were spending more time navigating the like world level select screen than we were actually playing the game because if all of you die, that's three one ups gone, and you can just you that need, also feels kind of vestigial, fast. right? Yeah, like, they should yeah, just right? not have them. Really, then, no, yeah, you, no one. Usually have a surfeit of of like the the purple coins, so it's not normally a big deal. But like, why do annoying. any of it? Just yeah. like play the level. Like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I think weird. these are relatively minor Very purples, minor. though. I think oh, the game yeah, overall sure. is fucking astoundingly good. It's beautiful to look at. It's just fun. Like, it feels good. And, like, Mario running as fast as he can, just jumping through the air and landing in just the right place, it always feels good. And it, what's amazing is, it feel, as somebody who has just finished Super Mario World with his brothers uh, uh, splitting the controller between the, the three of us, it feels good in the same way that it did in World. Like I think the they same... return the physics to that. Uh, it doesn't feel really? like the new Super Mario physics. It feels like the World it doesn't. physics. Yeah, yeah, it does which is feel, better. Okay. Yeah, 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 which is much better. I will say that playing that game with you, Juice, in that way, really fucked me up. <laughs> and, yeah, man. Like, being in control of a full Mario is like a, is it is an incredible if, amount of responsibility. If you haven't watched, normally on Tuesdays, me, Griffin, Trav will play. Right now, we're doing Donkey Kong Country. But we split it up. Fucking so bad idea. I'm doing left and right. Griffin is jumps and Travis is barrels and and throwing and stuff. And it is so fucking hard and stupid. And it's a stupid way of playing it. And it's ruined. Seems like Travis game. has the easy job in that scenario. He I does mean, until some... you get to one of those sequences where you have to launch between like 15 barrels oh, yeah. in a row. <laughs> He's also uh, in charge of speed, like turning on, which in Donkey Kong is the whole production because he does this dumb roll whenever you want to run. It's a good game. I don't think it. it, it... A lot of people have been talking about like the symmetry of the Switch in its launch year having uh, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey and just like coming out of the gate stronger than any like console launch maybe ever. And now we're, you know, maybe reaching the end of the Switch's lifetime and we get, you know, Tears of the Kingdom and we get this. I don't think this is a masterpiece on the level of Super Mario Odyssey. Uh but I, it is. I mean, some of the most fun, like multiplayer platforming that I've, I've. I, done I think it's myself. fair to say it is certainly my favorite 2D Mario game since Super Mario uh, World for Yoshi's Island, which is like, it's been fucking twenty five years, thirty yeah, years. Yeah, I, I love the 2D Mario games, and I would definitely put this on the level of Odyssey. But I also, I, I think I like the 2D games quite a bit more than than you do, Griffin. Um, I, I think that there's, yeah, nothing really like it. And I, I would really have trouble picking a favorite now between this Super Mario World and, and three. Good game. Good video good game. Games. Get it. Good game, but it's not the only good game, folks. There's other good games. You don't have to be weird about it. There's plenty. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk about some more stuff, including those good games, right after this brief commercial break. Y'all... You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn for the second half of this episode uh, so that we don't alienate the people that aren't necessarily diehard Switch fans. And we're going to talk a little bit about PlayStation exclusives. Last week, we obviously talked about Spider-Man 2. Huge huge PlayStation exclusive, certainly one of the best uh, that has been released in recent memory. And it's kind of an interesting period because apart from Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which we'll talk about in a second a lot of these games are like kind of a ways out. So I think there, we are about to enter kind of a quiet period for big PlayStation exclusives. And I just kind of wanted to go through the list. Uh, I don't know if I forgot anything, but I think this is mostly um, pretty consistent and uh, we'll just go through and, and uh, talk it through. Um, I mentioned Final Fantasy seven rebirth is coming out. What is it? February. I want to yeah, that it's Q1, uh, which I know Griffin, you're super hyped about. I mean, yeah, man. I uh, I I've, I I fucking love Final Fantasy VII so much, and the the first remake was incredible. I've been listening to the soundtrack of that game basically since it came out because I adore the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack, and it's 
the way they sort of reorchestrated it for the remake rules. But yeah, I mean, we're this is the this is the the game that is going to get to my favorite shit in Final Fantasy VII, like mostly Gold Saucer, uh, the like huge mini game casino place uh and you know get get up to vincent and all that good shit it's also so, going to be the one um, that yeah can't breaks can't. the game right like that's that's kind of the promise of rebirth is that where the first final fantasy 7 remake stuck pretty close to the original script this one will probably start to diverge from that in significant ways that's, hope. i kind of would be i i think certainly plot wise but i think I think they've already said that like the big major beats and like locations will still be there, but you're right. Obviously there's a question of like which characters live and die yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Cause they sort of shift expectations for that at the end of one, uh, at the end of remake. Right. Like, it's a really good game, by the way, if you haven't played it, I know we talked about exactly. it, but like I'm tempted to go back. I, I didn't play the, whatever it is, the, the Yuffie you know, the DLC, way, the Yuffie DLC. Yeah. Um, I might pick that back up on PC and give it another run through. But uh, yeah, I think it goes up. I, what I read is that Rebirth goes up through the uh, the City of the Ancients, which is, I think, like end of disc two or something like that from the original game where a big thing happens. So um, yeah, I can't can't wait. I, lo- I, I love this game so much. Outside of this game, as far as I'm aware, none of the other PlayStation 5 exclusives have dates as attached to them. And some of these are wow. even unannounced, but essentially are more more or less happening. Rebirth is what, Feb- February something? Yeah. yeah, I believe it's February. February 29th. 29th. Perfect. Wow, leap day. Taking advantage. All right. Um, the next one I want to talk about is announced. Um, it is coming from Insomniac, and it is another Marvel game, and it is a Wolverine game didn't know that this was a really yeah, it was announced like a year and a half ago and i think it was more or less just like a title card and like maybe a shot of him it was like very light we haven't seen gameplay or anything like that but i am pretty excited mostly because my understanding is it is also kind of an open world vibe but i'm pretty done with new york city at this point yeah yeah and and honestly just like mechanically I want to see what how um, Insomniac kind of differs the experience than playing as a Spider-Man game. But that's got to be forever. No, off, right? they, they've I been. Mean, I, this game has been rumored in development for a very, very long time. Um, and I also would say, like, I think Insomniac has shown their ability to like pump out games at a shocking uh, frequency. Uh, this just this generation, we have Miles Morales. They released the definitive edition of Spider-Man, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man Two. Like they are That's pretty productive and games. hit their deadlines, broadly speaking. So it wouldn't shock me if this was a holiday release for yeah. next year. That, that's that's my guess. There there have been like a how big is that studio? I mean, well, it, it's also I think all remote. Well, not all remote, but I think you you can work remotely there. So I think they've been able to spread out quite well. Um, and they have a lot of support, obviously externally from you know asset creations. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm very curious about that game. I'm very curious about where they decide to set it. Um, if it's mm-hmm. like multiple locations, if we get some Wolverine in Canada, or is it Madripoor? Is that? Oh, that'd count? be cool. Some forest. Some yeah, forest I'm picturing nice. like a jungle type of vibe the, the um, trailer hints maybe like a just causey kind of thing the, the the little teaser hints at i think it's called madripoor uh, this is i'm terrible at 
pronunciation for these video ga- or uh, comic book places, but that's like the big city um, setting. So okay. I don't know. What if they made just a whole? That's thing? the that's the sort of um, underbelly city. Is uh, that right? In Indonesia, like analog, I think. But it's like supposed um, to be like where like villains like, hang out, right? I don't know. This is I I, I I'm oh like Crime Town. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good enough at comics. Hey, you know what I am good at? What I'm good at Death Stranding too, which Ugh. better come out next year because I need to be playing it right now. Will Did you Death finish Stranding Death Stranding, Stranding be one? Harder to play or easier? Death Stranding to play? one is this is what I want. One of now. my favorite video games. I Destra- and a, I will I will second this. I I will acknowledge that Chris Plant tends to make some statements of extremity when it comes to games that he loves. This is one of my favorite uh, Kojima games. I really and it and it's only stuck in my brain more since it came out. This game, the first one, fucking ruled, and I'm super excited about the second one. Wow, that's um, so weird, guys. It's really weird. I I'll tell you, I spent a lot of time with Death Stranding too. I did get to a the point first where. One. The first, Death Stranding no, the also. second one, Russ. I've been playing it uh, so much because Kojima-san and I are really good friends. Yes, the first one. Yeah, understand. And uh, I, I did like it. Uh, I kind of fell off at a certain point, and it is impossible <laughs> to return to That's that game. True. Like I would agree with that. It, I, 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 but it, and it was so much of it. I'm open to it. I just, I need to hear like Kojima's finally sanded off the edges, and this is the perfect pack mule experience <laughs> griffin you hated it yeah because it fucking sucked <laughs> it's yeah. a bad game it's not a good game once you build no. roads it feels awesome can i All say it's right. divisive i'll say it's it divisive. is divisive. it's a divisive one on how bad it Clearly. is and lots of people like it despite that and i think that that's <laughs> special there's something for everyone i guess did you all finish ghost of Tsushima? i did not finish it no yeah, yeah. Well, they made more. I liked I liked what I played. I thought it was fine. It didn't like wow me in the way I think a lot of people were like totally bowled over by this game. It felt like a very capable open world game. Um, I remember being a little bit like uh, left cold by the narrative and the my inability to skip the dialogue. But yeah, it was gorgeous, and I liked the combat. The combat was fun. Um, so yeah. I think I think people are excited about this one. I just I would rather have more infamous or Sly or Sly Cooper, as long as we're talking about Sucker Punch Dream Projects. Yeah, I mean Spider Man Two is pretty close to more. Yeah, infamous. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, you're not really gonna... the itch. Um, uh, we have two Last of Us projects in the works. I would be shocked. One of them if is the multiplayer. We got either the I, Last of Us Factions is multiplayer mode that has been delayed, and I. I would be really surprised if this ever saw the light of day. Um, yeah, it seems a little uh, cursed. There have been reports of, well, there have been delays, certainly, and and uh, I have hesitance to believe this is going to necessarily happen. It wouldn't surprise me if they released it alongside the other game that is uh, unannounced, but certainly heavily rumored, which is a remaster of Last of Us 2, because if you know Naughty Dog... They love their remasters. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess there's stuff you can do to make that game prettier. That free game was very pretty, but it was also very much a gut punch and not a game that I would necessarily want to play again. Um, yeah, but I do like the idea. Uh, I know that it rubs some people the wrong way, but like, I think remasters are great. Like, If you miss something the first time around, you have a new console, you're looking for someone to play on it, 
It's great from like a preservation aspect. Oh, sure, that's like I love that you know we're keeping these things that don't need to be reinvented. They just need to be. Do we need like a remaster of this though? I mean, it just came out and it runs on the PS5 and it uses the PS5's like graphics power. I don't. I don't know what that would do really. Um, Lighting and that like I'm not trying to argue for the. I'm saying as a broad. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I think they're good. It is. It does seem fast. It does seem. Yeah, it seems strangely fast. fast. Uh. Two more games to talk about. One of them is Bungie's next game. If you'll recall, Bungie is now owned by PlayStation, has been for quite a while. And their next game is going to be a throwback. It is Marathon, which was their original first-person shooter that came out in the fucking, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around there. Um, And I don't think a lot is known beyond that, right? We know it's Marathon. We've seen some visuals of it. Yeah, it looks colorful sci-fi yeah it's pvp focused is it yeah, only pvp know, focused do we know that i'm pretty sure that's what they've said um it feels a little early to be able to marathon itself like if you watched videos of marathon uh i know it has its fans <laughs> i think those are mainly fans who had a mac and couldn't play doom would be my guess and and are um, over the age of 55 and then are 100 yeah. years old yeah mm-hmm. um but it is cool uh, i don't know I guess it's cool that they're making okay. something that isn't. isn't I'm starting Halo, to get. I think uh, it's. Destiny. It's been just long enough. I think the time span is like eight months for me, from when I stop playing Destiny to when I really want to play more Destiny. Eight months mm-hmm. is usually like the half life for that. But at this point, like I kind of just want Destiny three or something like that, which is just a nice clean, nice clean break. They're but getting to the think... point of. You know, the last shape and arguably whatever comes after that might be a little bit. That's true. I'll circle back to last shape. That last DLC was so fucking bad. Yeah, I heard so bad things. It's hard to get stoked for that. Okay, there's one more game I want to talk about. It doesn't have a title. We don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but it's maybe the game I am most excited about on this list. And it is the game that Blue Point is making. Blue Point, if you recall, is a studio most known for remastering classic playstation games in fact some would say they are only known for that um, <laughs> that's probably true it's pretty much all that they have done uh they made the remaster of demon souls they made the remaster of uh the last guardian uh, i'm sorry shadow of the colossus yes shadow of the colossus i don't think they made it made a remaster of the last guardian and um they are working probably on will <laughs> something and my understanding is it is not a remaster my understanding is it is its own thing like their first like kind of breakout game that's cool Good uh, for which them. i'm very excited about because honestly they've shown their chops to make extremely good games yeah um with like gorgeous gorgeous graphics and art design now again they were working off of templates that were designed previously but but um, this is a heart like i didn't mean to sound dismissive when i said this is all they've worked on they do they're the best in the biz at this yes uh so it would be cool to see them they made one original game their first called blast factor and it was the only thing notable about that is the first game on playstation 3 to run at 1080 with 60 fps wow yeah cool interesting okay i think that's it uh i might have missed a playstation exclusive that they've announced and i just forgot about it so please uh yell at me in the uh, newsletter comments uh besties.fan to sign up for that so nothing for the rest of the year on the on the the PlayStation front, really. In terms of exclusives, I don't think so. But in terms of big hmm. games, you got 
Avatar. Oh man, I can't. Hey, I hope you all are excited to talk about Avatar when that releases because Sivako, we are going to go way out into the woods of Pandora and not come back until we are living in perfect harmony with all of nature. Fucking our tails together. Um, we are also going to read a little reader mail right now. Okay, great. Uh, this question comes from Joseph. This is from the uh, newsletter. Again, feel free to drop questions in, in the newsletter comments, besties.fan. Hello, besties. There's an approach to gaming that is unique uh, compared to other art forms where games are expected to be fun first and everything else second. It is also true that great art can be challenging to experience. Can you think of an example of a game that used anti-fun design to great impact? Oh, I got a great one. Is Death Stranding all of it? <laughs> <laughs> it just had a great I impact. I mean, you are in right, the except that bad. you're lying. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I would also. I, I, I think this is a great question. I would poke a hole in it in that I think most art is meant to be enjoyed first, and then everything else second. Like when you go to see a movie at a movie theater, you're not seeing like Warhol, which is like shown at a museum. You're seeing. Even like a challenging movie like Killers of the Flower Moon is like still meant to be like a enjoyable watch. And I don't know. I, enjoyable mm. is the right word. Uh, certainly uh, something that can emit emotions from you. Yeah, but I mean, right? I, 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 just because like it's a, a hard topic. Like a movie is not enjoyable. Yeah, but it, <laughs> I, 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 yes and no. Like it, it, it has like a Robbie Robertson rock and roll soundtrack at the beginning and a whole bunch of beautiful people in it. You know, like. They're, they're not trying to make it difficult for you to, like, get in and sit through. It is it is not like you versus the movie in that case. No, sure. And I think, that, I think weirdly, games um, have more of an antagonistic relationship because they, like, purposely have to put up barriers to the player when you think of, like, learning yeah. how to, like, get good at them. So I... I mean, even, like, paintings, you know, we're not trained to look at them this way anymore, but, like... People used to, like, go look at paintings because it was an exciting thing to do. People used to, like, read novels because they were, like, wild and you were, like, not supposed to do it. It was it was too vulgar of an art form. So I think it's not that games are, like, meant to be fun. I think that they're just young, so they haven't earned their reputation as, like, things worthy of being taken seriously. That said, like, anti-fun design, I mean... Anything Jason Rohr has made, I would say, is that. Um, he's an indie designer. Quop is certainly that. Yeah. Wait, wait, sorry, which? What did you say? Quop. Quop. Oh, yeah, Quop. Where, like, that, that is the point. The point that it doesn't play well is the point. Of the I'll game. also push back and say that Jason Rohr's Sleep is Death is um, one of the more fun games I've ever played in my yeah, entire life. That's, so that's, I would say but I would that. we're also using and misusing. Well, not misusing, but, like, the way that we use the word fun in video games specifically is kind of weird because a lot of the time what we mean by when we say fun in regards to video games, and this is Ralph Koster, not not my idea, but is learning, right? It's analogous in a game. The the satisfaction of like learning a new thing and, and using it is like the fun uh, that we get from video games. And there is a certain barrier to entry with that, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to have, be somewhat versed in what came before unless it's like bending over backwards to be accessible. There are though, like I think there's great analogs to that with like uh, orchestral music, right? I, I don't think it's fun to listen to orchestral music. I don't have the frame of reference mm. for it. I don't have the, the, the knowledge. I don't have the taste, I, whatever it is. 
I don't have the familiarity with it to have fun listening to it. And I know there are people that do, right? Um, so I think that that idea that like there are things that are that probably seem like it's just attempting to be fun to you that are maybe uh, that that to another player or somebody else who's trying to experience it like it wouldn't hit them the same way. Um, I would say uh, the most literal sort of interpretation of this, I think Stanley Parable does this a lot, very very well. Um, that is a game sort of about game design uh largely and so it 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 sort of criticizes itself very tongue-in-cheek style uh for its sequences that are anti-fun um that's that's what came to mind for me cool uh we got a question from alex l hi question for y'all mostly griffin i'm wondering if any of you any of you have tried out any of the pokemon rom hacks specifically the gba fire red based hacks Pokemon Unbound is maybe my favorite Pokemon game ever. It has a new region, difficulty settings, uh, with EV, IV, attention required for higher settings, a mission system, level scaling, new game plus, all Pokemon up to Gen 8 and Gen 8 mechanics, fun, weird gym uh, gimmicks. I think this game and other hacks are quite special, and I kind of uh, hoped what the mainline games would eventually be. Uh, Be like... And as far as I understand, the hacks are perfectly legal with a legal copy of Fire Red, which doesn't everyone have? Certainly Griffin I mean, I does. do. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I have not played any ROM hacks. I've actually heard of this one, uh, and it, it is it is on my radar. I am tempted to play it. I uh, have this kind of mental block with Pokemon where I uh, really like how the modern like Pokemon games are all interconnected, right? So I can catch a Pokemon out on the street with Pokemon Go and then transfer it to the Pokemon Home like bank that I have like a bunch of Pokemon from different generations stored in. And then I can bring that over to Scarlet and Violet if I want to, you know, move move something over there. I like this idea of like, um, uh, you know, cross game progression. Uh, and so I don't usually like the idea of going back and playing an older Pokemon game where that is not something that I would be able to to really do. That said, this game does sound very fucking cool and definitely is something that I would probably toss on one of my infinity little emulator devices that I've got got my hands on. Fire Red is one of my favorites. Is like Fire Red, Leaf Green. Those are that's probably right behind Soul Silver, Heart Gold for me. So. Anyone got any honorable mentions to talk about? Uh, I briefly wanted to touch on Wizard with a Gun because it's out now. Please do. You can play it. Very curious. Uh, it, it, it is a isometric um, blend of, call it like, Don't Starve and Haze with some like, maybe more Bastion would actually be a better uh, comparison point, but you are a wizard, your guns are wands, they call them wands, but they're guns, and your spells are bullets, they're just bullets, and you have guns that shoot the bullets. Um, the basic flow is you are sent into the world five minutes before the the destruction of the earth, and you have that five minutes to collect resources and defeat enemies that you then, at the end of the world, take back to your sort of home base, which is sort of outside of time, and at there at the base, you can upgrade your weapons, you can craft new stuff, you can make more bullets, which you have to do to shoot them, and you can build out new facilities, et cetera, et cetera, and then you restart time, 
you get your five minutes to go back in and, and collect more stuff. That's the basic, the basic loop. Um, it's really, it, it feels good. It's hooky. The, I would say my big problem though, the progression feels weird. Like after maybe like six hours, seven hours of playing it, I still have like the basic guns. Like I know I have like base weapons and it hasn't given me any opportunity to upgrade them. And honestly, I, the, the other bigger thing is that I think it feels bad to spend ammunition like the, where you're out and about in the world and you're shooting bullets to and then you have to like cut down more trees or whatever to like refill the bullets. I think it's just an unpleasurable sensation in a game that's all about like shooting a bunch of bullets with every shot. You're like, ugh, that's another thing I got to go. Yeah. Uh, gotta go keep up with Russ. You you touched it a little bit, right? Yeah, I I I played way less than you did. I put, probably put in like an hour or two, and I was certainly overwhelmed because there's a ton of systems they throw at you very early. Um, I didn't find the action combat parts of the game to be super engaging. There are way more um, capable isometric like action games. You mentioned Bastions are like a really good example. Um, so it's difficult when the game doesn't seem to be mastering any one particular thing, I did really like the art style uh, and kind of the world design and the vibe of it. But yeah, the, the loop uh, wasn't really grabbing me early on, but I I'd imagine if people spend a lot of time with it, it might come in later. I, I also feel like it's one of those that needs, um, it needs some attention. And I, if they keep updating it and making it like a, the, the base concept I think is okay. They just gotta they gotta fine tune some of the stuff. Yeah, um, I have gone back to Sea of Stars at Justin's uh, sort of constant um, evangelism for that game. Not constant Nag- nagging. Some might say nagging. Nagging. Um, and I've put maybe fifteen hours into it or so. I've made a I've made some good headway. I think I'm past sort of the halfway point. Uh, I don't think. The story still has not clicked for me, and I'm beginning to think that it just might not. Uh, but I really, really am enjoying playing it. Um, I think the characters are all are all very good, um, and and there is certainly a lot of endearing stuff there. Uh, but for me, I just love it. is It is rare for me to play a JRPG where I get into combat and don't have that immediate sort of gut feeling of like, ah, fuck. Okay. Well, I got to beat these guys up. Like it is genuinely fun every time you get into a fight. Um, and I love the exploration. I love, uh, the different sort of like, uh, relics and power-ups and stuff. There's like a really nice curve to, you know, getting stronger in the game. And I got to give a special commendation to the sort of, um, headline mini game, for for Sea of Stars, which is a, a game called Wheels, uh, which I don't know if we talked about on the show, but it's basically it, it's like a it's like a tactical slot machine battle against another player, uh, where you have to sort of like build walls to defend your your hero and charge up like attacks from these uh, two different uh, units that you get to select at the beginning of battle. Uh, it's just really, really fun and challenging and satisfying, uh, and and so I'm glad I've con- gone back to that one. I'll probably finish it um, because I'm 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 having a good time with it now. Um, the game I really want to talk about is a VR game. I got the Oculus Rift, or I guess what is it now? Meta Meta Quest Three, uh, which is the new headset. I don't know. If I had any- no 
idea. I didn't either until that I, is so. Do you know what a failure it is that I, an owner of the Quest and Quest Two, did not hear, did not get the information communicated to me. Yeah, that there is a Quest Three. It's crazy. Uh, real quick, the Quest Three is really cool. Games just sort of perform better on it. The screen is is better. It, it is more sort of like Im- immersive in general. The big thing that it does is it has these front facing cameras. Uh, on on the headset that are very prominent that makes the pass-through uh, just a, a completely different thing. So on Quest 2, if you stepped outside of the boundary that you made, you get this terrible sort of grainy, grayscale uh, projection of your environment around you that is mostly good for making sure that you don't, um, you know, take a header through your office window or whatever. Uh, in the Quest 3, it is like full color like really really i can if i get a text i can grab my phone look down and pass through and like use my phone in in pass through yeah i could sprint through my house using it yeah basically it also allows for ar stuff so like one of the first things that comes on the on the headset is called first encounters and you scan your whole room walls and ceiling uh, furniture, everything, and it sort of uh, you know maps out where everything is, and then all of a sudden, alien like these little alien colorful balls, like tribbles, start uh, smashing through the walls into your room, and you have to capture them uh, inside of this little you know like Ghostbusters containment unit. Uh, and it is very, very cool to like blast a hole through my my office wall and see just a bunch of aliens come pouring out of it. Um, so the, the, the headset's very, very cool. I'm, I'm, uh, enjoying it. It's got me fired up about VR stuff for the first time in a long time, specifically Dungeons of Eternity, uh, which is a multiplayer sort of gauntlet style dungeon crawler, uh, where you go into these different missions. Uh, there's different types of, of dungeons that you go into. There's three player multiplayer, uh, and it's got really seamless, like quick join. So when I boot up the game, I just press a button and boom, like I'm in a lobby with with two other people. Uh, and you get to customize your loadout. You find different uh, weapons and blueprints as you explore the dungeons that you get to keep with you as you you move through the game. There's like a great progression system and perks that you can unlock. And um, it is it is not the sort of like deepest RPG stuff around, but the different interactions for just going through dungeons and fighting through waves of enemies is really terrific um and i have i have uh fucked up my rotator cuff uh go going to the gym going to the iron church and getting the gains <laughs> that i need to uh keep up with my children uh and so i i am genuinely bummed out that this game would hurt me to play now uh cuz i am chomping at the bit to to get back into it so uh, if you if you have a headset, it's also good on Quest Two. I played it on Quest Two before I got my Quest Three, and and um, it's it's great on there too. So I, I would thoroughly recommend it. It is the deepest I've gotten into a VR game in forever. Um, my thing. Uh, so the movie theater in my local area, uh, Santa Ana, uh, hosts the horror festival Camp Frida, which I think I mentioned on either this or the Resties. But I just want to say a thank you to uh, our listener June. And friends who came out to uh, to see all these movies, which were awesome. And I'm going to include a list of the movies that I checked out. You actually have some choice during this festival of what you're going to watch over the course of 12 hours. But I'll include a list of uh, those movies in bestuse.fan. That way, if you want to recreate uh, 
a little film festival at home before Halloween, you can do that because you think you'll have a few days after this episode comes out to still fit in a few more horror movies before it officially becomes Christmas season on November 1st. Speaking of horror, we're going to be talking about a game called World of Horror on the Resties on Tuesday. Uh, it is a very cool throwback to uh, computer games of the like 80s, but with like a very neat Japanese horror vibe to it. I've been jonesing to get back into this. I just read a bunch of Junji Ito stuff, uh, which this game is obviously super heavily inspired by. Yeah, the 1.0 just dropped with a bunch of new features that they added. I wanted to mention it here, though, because we actually have a bunch of codes that we're going to be giving out on the newsletter come Tuesday. So if you like free games and you want a shot at one of them, we're going to be uh, giving away free codes to World of Horror on Halloween. In the newsletter. On Halloween. On itself. Halloween. It's very, very good news peg there. I'm very proud of us. Is this one out on Switch yet? It is out World on Switch as well as part of the 1.0 release. It came to Switch and other Fuck consoles. Yeah. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get uh, Dave the Diver also comes out on Switch this week, which I'm Whoa. definitely going to get back into. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. It's very exciting. Um, hey, do you want me to and... talk about everything that we talked about very quickly? Oh, God, we good talked luck, about man. so much. Here we go. We talked about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Insomniac's Wolverine, Death Stranding 2, Ghost of Tsushima 2, Last of Us Factions Multiplayer, Last of Us 2 Remaster, Marathon, The Works of Jason Rohr, The Stanley Parable, Pokemon Unbound, World of Horror, Sea of Stars, Dungeons of Eternity, and Wizard with a Gun. Cool. Well done, Plant. I want to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Harvey Lime. We have Horse, Horseness and Emily Hamster. Thank you for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else who has written reviews or has subscribed to the newsletter or even still has subscribed to the newsletter and participated in the comments and dropped questions in the comments. It's like a nice little community building there. And it's really exciting to see yep. um, everyone playing. That nice. link is Besties.fan. Besties.fan to sign up for the newsletter. newsletter. It's free. Justin's in the turlet, so I'll close this out this week and say thank you so much for listening. Next week, Alan Wake 2, American Nightmare. No, wait. Alan Wake 2, just the second Alan Wake game. We're not playing an old Xbox Live arcade game, although that would be, I think, pretty on brand for us. Um, I know nothing about this game, so that'll be fun. He's a writer. He's in Portland or something, and... Shit went down. And shit gets really weird. You shine a flashlight on Shadow Guys on the on Slenderman. Yeah. Slenderman's in this one probably. Um so join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? So what happened?